Happy New Year and welcome back to Orion Talents from the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. To kick off 2018, we've planned a special episode for those of you that have made a New Year's resolution to find a new job. The first quarter is a perfect time to begin your career search. Key decision makers are back in the office after the holidays and budgeting and workforce planning are on your side at the beginning of the year. Today, I'll be joined by Marcus Ochoa, Air Force veteran and current recruiter at Orion. Marcus and I will talk through several ways you can jumpstart your career search, as well as advice for doing so. If you've made a resolution to find a new job in 2018, or if you just want to stay up to date with military job seeker tips, advice, and much more, make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. We'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating as well. If you have any questions about this episode or ideas for a future podcast, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Marcus. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey, thanks, Megan. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Uh, so I'm, I'm Air Force, uh, 11 years active duty. Uh, I was a, a aviation weapons guy and then, and then went into active duty recruiting and then transitioned out into the Guard, uh, Texas Air National Guard, to be specific here, here in Texas. And that's what I do now uh, as far as my military background. Um, yeah, went to uh, Ashford University uh, for a human resource uh, management degree, organizational development. And then, uh, you know, started out with Orion earlier this year uh, as one of the National Military Talent Search Recruiters. Awesome. So as a recruiter, you are a subject matter expert for this topic. And um, with the new year, we want to talk about New Year's resolutions. And really, New Year's resolutions can expand all areas of our life. I'm sure anyone that's listening to this can relate. So whether it's exercising more, saving money, finding a new job. But what makes the beginning of the year a good time for job seekers to start looking for their next opportunity? Well, there's a, there's a couple of tips that, that, you know, that we can think about. Um, you know, it's, it's always a good time, honestly, at any point of the year uh, to look for their next opportunity because uh, opportunities, the windows can be really small. Um, so I, I definitely wouldn't narrow it down to just the new year. Um, but if it's going to be one of your resolutions for sure, um, you want to think about a few things uh, that are going to help you, and I can kind of go over those now. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. So first thing is you really want to know what you're looking for. You want to at least have an idea. And often, you know, we, us as recruiters can be talking to someone, and they really don't have, uh, you know, too much of an idea of what it is it is looking for. So you definitely got to take a look at yourself, and and realize what what are your passions, what is it that you want to focus on, and how do you want to use your military experience um, to move into that direction. Um, and then you want to start expanding your network, uh, whether by social media, friends, family. You do want to, you know, find a recruiter that you can talk to, some kind of professional, um, you know, an organizational development community, and and, uh, and you always want to touch base and say, understand that there are going to be recruiters or professionals that you probably tend not want to work with, um, but you want to find that person that is going to give you that that good advice. If that makes any sense. And then yeah, you know, definitely. An, yeah, and then having an open mind. Um, you know, I always like to say, how can you say no to something that you really don't know anything about? But don't be afraid, you know, to explore opportunities, to research, you know, understand why you're saying no to something or why you're saying yes. Exactly. And another thing, you know, if we're looking at it from a resolution standpoint, it's just like you said, there's never a bad time of year 
to look for a new job, but if it's something that you're going to go into the new year and say, this is my resolution, then I think another important piece of that is just making sure that you're prioritizing it. So whether it's Definitely. making sure that you have, you know, a certain amount of time a day set aside on your calendar to make sure that you are applying to a certain amount of jobs, um, just something to make sure that you're kind of holding yourself accountable there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then, you know, another thing that I think what you said is very helpful, no matter what time of year it is, is just figuring out step one, what are your passions? How do you want to leverage the experience that you've already gained and translate that into a new career, whether it's your first career out of the military or just a career change in general? Yep, definitely agreed. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that you see first-time job seekers making? I would probably say one of the most common ones that I see is, uh, you know, first-time job seekers tend to have this mentality of, hey, what, what's in it for them? You know, they say, what, what's in it for me kind of mentality. And, and on all those, although those things are important, right, um, on what kind of benefits and how they're going to take care of their families and, and kind of pursue their passions professionally, it's important to realize and wrap your mind around what can you do for the company? How can you use your experiences, your talents, um, you know, to, to benefit a company because then in turn that company is definitely going to, you know, um, you know, produce for you as well as far as what it is that you're looking for. And then the mm -hmm. second would probably be uh, resumes. Uh, resumes are, I know when I left active duty, I never once wrote a resume. Um, I joined when I was 18 years old, so I never needed to, right? Uh, the, you know, the recruiter mm -hmm. signed me up real quick. He didn't need my resume. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Um, you know, the, the first-time job seekers tend to have what's called a functional resume. So it's kind of just a blanketed resume of who they are. And that's a, it's a bad misconception. What, what a, a new job seeker wants to do is um, find those opportunities that they're interested in, okay, um, whether it's using a recruiter or they find it themselves. Um, and then once you, they explore those opportunities, you want to tailor your experience um, uh, to, uh, on that resume so that those uh, interviewers and hiring managers can see how your experience relates to that job. So basically just tailoring resumes to that position based off their experience. Yeah, and do you find that that's something, I mean, it's clearly one of the top mistakes that you've seen people make. So do you think that that's something that um, obviously working with, you know, a military recruiting firm like Orion or any kind of third-party firm can kind of help you clean up the resume. But do you have any, I guess, any other tips, like quick tips for updating your military resume to translate into the civilian world? And, you know, and honestly, the I wouldn't say there's a too quick of a tip. Uh, you know, obviously reaching out to the professional is going to be the best. But if I had to think of, of a quick tip, I would say um, probably to highlight your areas of, of expertise, your skills uh, at the initial part of that resume. You know, don't make a hiring manager have to get all the way through your resume uh, uh, to find your, your areas of expertise. So you can bullet those initially. Mm -hmm. And then paragraphs, large paragraphs, full sentences, um, you know, are kind of hard to, to break down and understand. So if you can do bullet statements under each um, you know, um, work experience, um, that's going to help um, any kind of recruiter, hire manager, interviewer um, have an easier time looking at your resume. 
Yeah, and you know, one thing I would say too, just um, based on my experience with it, is just the jargon is something that you know you oh, want to make point. sure that you're not including too much of it on your resume. However, when you're looking at your own resume and it's something that you're not really getting a third-party perspective on, sometimes you have a little bit of tunnel vision, so it's kind of hard to even know where you're using jargon and what would be difficult to understand for a civilian hiring manager. You're right. That's an excellent point. Uh, you know, because we use a lot of acronyms. We could probably talk in full sentences, all acronyms. Um, so breaking mm -hmm. down those acronyms and, and and relating it is important. Good good point. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, one other thing that I was thinking about, we recently read a career builder survey, and it was surveying thousands of hiring managers, and it said that, you know, speaking of resumes, 58% of those managers said that typos are the most common problem they see in resumes. So um, that's kind of interesting because, you know, spell check, you would think that that's something that you would pick up yeah. right away, but yeah. clearly it's still a very big issue. Yeah, and I think it's kind of what we were, I was kind of mentioning before as far as reaching out to a professional, you know, finding a recruiter that works with you, talking to a fellow veteran that, that already kind of transitioned out, they're in their career, you know, who helps them um, with their resumes. And so that's all part of, right, expanding your network and, and reaching out to the professionals um, because it changes, mm -hmm. you know, every, every year it can change. And so I think, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, when you don't have a lot of experience with resumes, you want to look to those professionals. I mean, that is the that's the best way. You don't want to wing it. Yeah, exactly. Now, based on everything we've talked about so far and how to prepare to find that new career, I wanted to go through the next step of the process, which would be getting the interview. So I wanted to get your take on some, maybe just your top three pieces of advice that you think all military job speakers should know. Yeah, can can I give you more than three? They'll be quicker. <laughs> <laughs> you can give me however many you want. <laughs> okay, um, so I have a few that that come to mind. This is something that is is really on the day to day activities when talking to people and when talking with other veterans. Um, as far as interviews, uh, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions and stuff. So there's a couple of hot points. There's about six of them. Um, some of them I'll you know they're very simple and and some of them a little more detailed, but the first one's going to be that, you know, owning your story, okay, in an interview. And, and what I mean by that is a lot of people will talk about their career, right, how they got hired. Um, okay, yeah, I was with that company for a little while. They laid me off. Um, I had a family member get me a job at this other location, but then that company shut down. And so what's happening there is their whole career history uh, is about things that happened to them instead of them taking ownership and talking about, moves they made. Um, you know, companies want to hire someone who makes their own decisions. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that's a great, that's and, definitely great advice. Yeah, and then being confident. The second would be being confident in your abilities. Um, many veterans are not going to have the exact industry experience, um, and that's okay. You know, you guys are going to be getting out uh, in whatever career field that you were working, whether, you know, let's say it was a, a technician, right, field maybe in aviation um, working on specific components that you're not going to use in the civilian um, job market but um, that doesn't mean that you need to try to make it translate you know uh, be confident in what you did and companies are going to be able to relate that to what they're hiring um, and 
So uh, the third would be um, something that I think a lot of people don't do prior to their interviews is they don't practice. They think, hey, I got this. I'm going to go in there. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses, right? And mm-hmm. they, they're kind of stuck uh, when they, the question's answer, uh, asked. So practicing the night before, literally having a couple of strengths, right, your weakness, um, and then having examples and details and then, um, you know, the, the weakness is probably everybody's had a weakness before. Um, so I always like to tell candidates, hey, something that's not, you know, completely current, um, something that maybe was in the past that you learned, uh, things of that nature. I always like to give an example of mine early in my career, terrible listener. <laughs> I was a go-getter, uh, brand new to the Air Force. I wanted to, you know, just point in the direction, tell me what I need to do. I'm going to do it, you know, uh, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I started to realize, you know, if I would have just took a step back and listened uh, to what what was asked of me, I, I probably could have performed better uh, and done it better. And that was something I learned over time, right? So everybody's got a weakness. So preparing and practicing before is super important. Um, and simple one, have a sense of humor. People look for a positive uh, person. Um, you know, if, if during an interview there's a lot of quality of life issues, a lot of complaining, a lot of negative, a lot of you know, like I told you in the first part of this, um, you know, the whole career is just about things that happen to them. Uh, nobody likes that. That's not going to, they're not going to change when they get hired. Um, so having a positive outlook on it is going to be, you know, really great interview. Um, and often I have seen in my experience, uh, giving interviews or, or being part of interviews with large firms and large companies, what happens is, often they'll end up extending an offer to the person that maybe didn't have perfect experience, right? They weren't a perfect fit, but they were coachable and positive and, you know, real team-oriented, and it seemed like somebody that they would want to have part of their company. Um, And so Mm -hmm. last two things would be um, know your career development plans. Like Like I said at the very, very beginning of this conversation, have an idea of what you want to achieve you know, what you're looking for. You know, people want to hire someone who knows what they want from their next job and their career. Um, if you don't have goals, right, um, and plans and goals can change, and that's okay, but understanding what your goals are and how you're going to achieve them and kind of going on that path until, right, another opportunity comes or something happens or advancement or what have you, it's important to have those and express those to an interviewer. And then lastly and the most important thing, Megan, <laughs> is taking responsibility for your decisions. Um, and, and I'll kind of give you an example. You know, most you know, candidates sadly don't do this, and they don't realize that they're not taking responsibility or owning up. Um, they end up showing up as victims. I like to ask, tell me about a mistake that you've done professionally. Tell me about you know, something that you, know, you wish hadn't happened that way and you would have done it differently. And 90% of the time, it's a legitimate professional mistake, right, Um, whatever it may be, but then it's always somebody else's fault. Hey, this is why this, they don't, they're afraid to look like they, like it was their fault that they made that mistake. And really what we're looking for is for them to own up to it and take responsibility and have learned from it. So don't be afraid to, Mm -hmm. you know, to take responsibility for your decisions, the good ones and the bad ones. I think that's all really great advice, and I think some of it to us, 
you know, like that weren't in this industry and we think, well, of course you would practice before um, an interview. But for some people, they would think, okay, well, I can do this and they're only going to ask me questions about things that I've done. Um, I should be able to answer that, no problem. One of the things that I've interviewed Brian Henry a couple times in the past and one of the things that he always says in um, preparing for an interview is that, you have these stories that you've kind of, you know, built out over time so you know what you've done in the military and you can give great examples. You kind of have those stories to access whenever you need to, like a plug and play. Okay, I can recall this story and show why this says A, B, and C about me. It might tell why I'm, why I have good leadership skills, why I, you know, can work well with others, that type of thing. And so I think it's one of those things that you might think that you can recall those stories easily, but unless you practice and you know where you want to use those stories, you might end up getting nervous during the interview. You might end up forgetting Mm -hmm. what you wanted to say. So practice definitely makes perfect. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned nerves um, because I didn't, but uh, you know, another tip is it's okay to be nervous. Um, if you're not nervous, I'd be worried because nerves mm-hmm. are showing that this is important to you and you care about it and you want to do a good job. So it's okay to be nervous, and that's where that practice comes into play. You can still be nervous, but you already practiced these, right, these examples and or what have you um, to common questions. Exactly, and then at the end of the day, people want to work with people they like. So like you mentioned, you could have all the qualifications in the world, but if you don't come off as a likable person who they would want to work with and someone who would add value and team spirit, then you probably aren't going to be the one that they end up hiring. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I did ask this question on a recent interview and the, the response ended up being so great that I feel like I need to continue to ask it with my future guests. So, um, okay. I, so we're talking about success stories and is there anything that stands out to you from a candidate you've helped find your dream job? So in a previous interview, the recruiter that I talked to said that well, she said that he was transitioning out of the military and um, didn't really know what he wanted to do, and so he just threw it out there. I'd love to work. I'd love to test pies for a living, and then he ends up working at a pie manufacturing plant. So <laughs> I wanted to throw it out to you to see if you've got any stories about a job seeker that you've helped find their dream job. You know, I feel like, and this is going to sound cliche, but I feel like everybody that I help, I'm helping find their dream job, right? Because we we do a lot of uh, you know vetting and, and research and you know mm-hmm. it's not just hey I need a job so I'm gonna do this I'm like hey let's find the right fit right so I feel like there's a lot of success stories um, uh, probably the most recent one was a, um, an avionics kind of electronics technician um, um, coming out of the military really wanting to go back to California um, you know was having a lot of trouble with it I guess maybe it stands out because he had a, a, a length of time that, uh, you know, he wasn't able to find the right opportunity. He was getting frustrated. Um, and sometimes it's just the, the, the hand you're dealt, right? And so there's mm-hmm. um, another topic uh, with patience, right, that we need to understand that goes into the success story. So he was patient enough and he trusted me enough to just sometimes hiring managers or the process and, and getting an offer takes a while. And we become impatient, and that really allows you to miss potential great opportunities. So he was patient. Ended up um, after I, it was literally like three months, which is not the norm 
but there was a reason, and I won't get into that, that it took that long. And he waited and ended up getting the opportunity. And not only did he get the opportunity, they offered him more than what he was expecting. So it was just, he was just so happy that he was able to, you know, have the patience. And I was just happy to have been a part of it. So it was a really cool, it was a really cool story for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very good. And, you know, patience is a virtue. So that definitely holds true yeah. for job seeking as well. Yeah. And I, um, I have a, a, a quote that I love to look at probably on a weekly basis, if I can, if I can say it. Um, oh, yeah, so go Liz, ahead. Yeah, and, it's, and it pertains to this. Um, so, so Liz Ryan, I don't know if you know who she is. She's the CEO and founder of, of Human Work, uh, Workplace, and she's you know, mm-hmm. all over online. She always has a lot of great um, uh, info as far as interviews and organizational development. And I'm mentioning her because I don't want it to sound like this is my quote because it's not. So she says, um, you may have to kiss a lot of frogs to find a manager who gets you and thus deserves you. So if you aren't willing to kiss frogs and slam doors on the wrong opportunities in order to bring the right ones in, we can all sympathize with you, but you will not grow the muscles you need until you face that challenge and surmount it. Um, And so I like that quote because back to what I said earlier, it's I don't understand how someone, right, could say no to something that they don't know anything about. So you got to kiss kiss a lot mm-hmm. of frogs, right, to to find that right opportunity. So don't be afraid to explore opportunities that could potentially be perfect for you. I think that's great, and um, maybe we'll use that quote in the podcast description so that everyone can see it as well. So we go from New Year's resolutions to kissing frogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll probably know that I was on the call. <laughs> <laughs> Very fitting, though. I love it. Um, so, Marcus, do you have any other last thoughts or advice for job seekers as they embark on their new career in 2018? Yeah, you know what? Just stay positive. Stay positive. Kiss a lot of frogs. Don't give up. <laughs> um, there, There is the perfect opportunity for you out there. There really is. You just got to be patient. And, you know, you can you can always call me and I'm going to help. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much, Marcus, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you later down the road. We'll have you back as a guest. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of From the Battlefield to the Boardroom. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we recently launched on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We would love to continue to serve as a resource for you during your military transition and beyond. Make sure you subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy our show, don't hesitate to share it with your friends and give us a rating. 